partying a lot, uh, doing all kinds of drugs and whatnot. Um, really just doing a lot of what that kind of life I had to experience. Okay. And I was having fun, but I always felt like there's always something missing. Like, like I was at never the time. I had no idea why I'd do that because I was entirely atheist. And Even Caitlin, now, I think you're atheist, you come one night and you're joining a small group. Yeah, it, it was weird. It was very strange. I think a lot of churches today fail in the not wrestling of things and just talking at you. They don't talk with that. Yes. My uh, relationship with Christ brought so much healing to my life. Mm. And uh, it brought a lot of healing, a lot of confidence though. Cause at this time, a place where I felt like I could do anything really. And it, uh, it really developed in me and developed me as a person and gave me the confidence to propose to her and then eventually get married. And, and that was because of Christ. I don't, I would not be married. I would not be having a kid. None of this without mm. Christ. And that's for sure. Because um, my parents, they're divorced. And so that was a big trauma and fear that I had. It's like, I don't want that for me and my yeah. life. I don't want that for my kid. I don't want another broken family. Like, but, oh my gosh, the entire Bible points to Jesus in one way or another. Mm -hmm. And Jesus truly does answer my questions, at least, in one way or another. Mm -hmm. And uh, so but Caitlin, which is kind of crazy, you can call it spirit, moving through her or whatever. And she's like, I have this really weird feeling. I'm going to call a wellness check for your mom. She's saying that to me. And, uh, I was like, okay. Long story short, they got inside and found my mom. Well, she had fallen off stairs, hit her head on the ground, and there was like a pool of blood. And uh, they said she was cold to the touch. My God, why didn't you save her? Why didn't you save him? And so we had several doctors say to us, you know, she's never gonna walk again. She'll never talk again. Um, that she was paralyzed. She was a vegetable. So, so essentially, we're gonna pull the plug. And the next day, she moved probably three minutes before her last breath, she opened her eyes, looked at every single one of us. Because it and very it much could have been, found my mom dead with uh, like pool blood around her. That yeah. could have been the last moment I ever saw my mom. But instead we had that process. We had the process where I get to hear, I love you too. Mm -hmm. the last words ever spoken to me by my mom. Mm -hmm. And I get to keep that for me the rest of my yeah. life. I'm so excited. Yes, let's get started. So this is my good friend, Carson. Hello. He's going to be sharing his testimony today, and we're going to pray in. Do you want to pray in? Let's do it. All right. All right. God, thank you so much for today. Uh, thank you for getting Gracie here safely and for the opportunity to just share a bit about my testimony and how you've worked through my life. And I pray that you would just use your spirit to speak through me and speak through Gracie and that you yes, would just God. bless this time together, Lord. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Where are you going to start? Um... From the beginning, I guess. Okay. So I was born, obviously, in 1998, and mm -hmm. I grew up kind of Christian, but okay. I was in and out of the church, probably stopped going to church when I was about six years old, and okay. then my family kind of had their own issues. Uh, my parents divorced when I was 14, so everything kind of leading up to that was pretty chaotic. Mm -hmm. So my household growing up was a lot of yelling, um, a, lot of, a lot of traumatic things. Um, aside from that too, but I didn't really know God through all that time. I kind of grew up and just like, I guess, a normal kid. I played sports, uh, had friends, did different things, but I was always kind of weird, I guess. But um, eventually when the divorce happened, it kind of just further the disconnect in my family. So we, uh, we, my, so I had two siblings. I'm the youngest of three. My brother and sister, my sister's the oldest. She went and my brother went with my mom when they divorced and then I went with my dad. I was always closer with my dad. So when you were in high school? Uh, just starting high school, okay. yeah. So just started high school and uh, that's kind of when things really split. Mm -hmm. So me and my dad, we're very focused on like tennis. I was gonna do tennis in college and all that. Uh, that was just kind of what I expect was expected yeah. to do. He's a dentist, so he was like, to him, I guess I was like a, 
a mini him as well. And so he <laughs> wanted me to be a dentist, take over his practice. That was kind of his dream. And that's just kind of what I did because I didn't know otherwise being okay. so young and growing up. I was like, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. So I started college and played tennis my freshman year of college at Belmont Abbey, mm -hmm. which is in North Carolina. Um, it, I got tired of tennis real quick and I was like, this, this stinks. I don't want to do this anymore. So I transferred to Kennesaw, which is where I met, uh, Caitlin, my wife, yeah. one of your good friends, yes. your roommate of your freshman year. Yeah. So this is actually how we know each other. Yeah. So Carson is married to Caitlin, who is mm -hmm. my good friend, who was my roommate. I met her at Kennesaw. Mm -hmm. So this is kind of mm -hmm. where the stories start to intertwine a oh, little yeah. bit. Um, but yeah, so childhood was just kind of mm -hmm. crazy. There's a lot of like, I recognize now looking back, I didn't, I don't, I still don't remember a lot just because mm -hmm. it was so traumatic. So my memory's kind of yeah. foggy there. I just kind of, I guess, just went through my childhood, mm -hmm. however. Um, but yeah, I get to college, transferred to KSU. I meet Caitlin. Mm -hmm. um, and then even prior to meeting Caitlin, I was just partying a lot, uh, doing all kinds of drugs and whatnot. Um, really just doing a lot of what that kind of life I had to experience. Okay. And I was having fun, but I always felt like there's always something missing. Like I was never, mm -hmm. I don't think I was ever a bad person. I never really slept around like at all, honestly, but I did do a lot of drugs and stuff, but I always thought of myself as a good person, just mm -hmm. like morally. But Chris or uh, Caitlin will always say to me, like, it's weird that you're not a Christian because you have like a lot of these morals that a Christian would, but I was, I was hell bent on like being an atheist. I was very strong. Mm -hmm. And once Kate and I started talking, she was a Christian and made that very known to me. And I was like, I was pretty mean about it, honestly, but like I would roast her about stuff and I would just kind of give her the logical answer, I guess mm. you would say to things. Um, it's so um, in Genesis, I was just listening to a story about this, mm -hmm. which is kind of what you're talking about with Adam and Eve. God says there is the tree in the middle, you mm -hmm. know, the tree that is the good of evil, right? Mm -hmm. It's the one that no, they can't, mm -hmm. they can't have, right? right? And they can eat from all the other trees, the trees of life. Mm -hmm. Right. But they can't live out of the tree of good and evil. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people, um, especially atheism and like other religions and stuff, mm -hmm. they there are good people that do not follow Christ. Like yep. it's good and evil. There mm -hmm. is knowledge of good. You can live um, with good intentions and yep. good character outside of mm -hmm. it, but you're still not you're living. Kind of coming short of what we are intended to do. And this is something yes. like there's a lot. There's so much I look back on and I discover and I, I've studied, listened to probably thousands of hours of podcasts, just exploring the Bible, reading the Bible, mm -hmm. learning so much about it. Cause my, my view on the Bible was like very, I just saw it as it was. I didn't understand the poetry or mm -hmm. Hebrew scripture and how a lot of it is poetic and it's not meant to be taken like literal all the time. Mm -hmm. um, and so a lot of exploring the Bible now and learning about that has been huge for me just looking back because used to be and there's there's different points of view on this people see like the seven day creation as literally seven days mm -hmm. whereas i mean you look that's a long conversation itself but there's a lot more to that just saying the seven day creation that is yeah. thick the bible is also incredible because all the stories are just jam-packed with so much stuff that intertwines and like mm -hmm. hyperlinks throughout the bible incredible mm -hmm. different references um, yeah, yeah absolutely um but aside from that um where was I? I met so, so basically you grew up mm -hmm. in a Christian household mm -hmm. where you knew of Christianity, but you never really saw Christ. Yeah. My parents did not represent him well. Yes. Um, <laughs> so then that turned into more of an atheism yes, thing when you got yes. into and that, That's something that really drove me away from Christ mm -hmm. was seeing my parents. Because growing up, your parents are pretty much everything to you. Yeah. You, know, you, you think they have it all understood. Mm -hmm. And me, uh, Caitlin's pregnant right now and I'm about to be a father. So kind of seeing that. Yeah. Seeing that. <laughs> is is very cool because like yeah. it is you do learn a little bit 
of the relationship between God to us because mm-hmm. we're all his children. And then having a kid of your own kind of helps. It furthers your faith with that, yeah. too. So that's it's a pretty cool insight. Then obviously when he's born, it's going to be a lot, a lot more I'm going to learn. And something I didn't a grace that I don't think a lot of kids yeah. give to their parents is that they're still learning, too. Yeah. And I didn't I didn't think that once until I was probably like 19 years old. I was like, oh, my gosh, like they're they're still learning. They don't have it all together. Yeah because um, you're always looking after them you're always mm-hmm. thinking they're xyz you know years older more knowledge you think they do have it together mm-hmm. because in your perception of life you know they do yeah but you you never actually think okay where is their stance coming from mm-hmm. you know are and they also yeah. have parents that they went through the same thing with, you <laughs> generational know? stuff i know yeah. very well oh yeah um but yeah so college i get there mm-hmm. and i meet caitlin she's christian um we start talking a lot more. Uh, eventually, we start dating after a few months. Um, and uh, so we were dating for, I want to say, about two years. I was still atheist, very strong atheist uh, at this time. And anytime she brought up something or I would take little stabs at her, jabs at her about stuff, and which was mean. I shouldn't have done that. But I did do that. Even with my friends mm-hmm. that were Christians, too, I would just like kind of poop on them with all that stuff, which was just mean. But um, eventually we were in a fr- pretty terrible spot, like during our two yeah. years of dating. Can I ask you, cause I've actually always wanted to ask somebody that, you know, is, was an atheist or is an atheist. Mm-hmm. Do, did you do that out of your own, um, reflection of insecurity that you may be wrong? Like you wanted to prove, to prove, or do you know I mean, what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Like, why do you think why I did that? you felt the need to do I that? I just think because I'm, I'm a know-it-all, and it's something okay. I struggle with now, too. Yeah. I'm just, I'm a smart butt. That's what I am. I've okay. always been a smart A, so it's just kind of, it's a, it's a part of me, but I learn it. Because, like, I, I've been, I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but I've been intelligent throughout mm-hmm. my life, and sometimes I get arrogant in that. And so, mm-hmm. like, now I try to reel it down a lot more and listen before mm-hmm. I speak. So it was a lot of speaking before, you know, the other way around. I gotcha. So I try to, I think relationship with Christ has helped me listen first and speak mm-hmm. after. Um, so I was always just like trying to say the answer first of what I thought it was anyhow. So yeah. that was just kind of a shortcoming on my part. Um, but eventually that two years, we're in a pretty rocky spot. Um, and then me trying to be a good boyfriend, she told me about, uh, uh, what was it? Athens church. Mm-hmm. And so she was going there and wanted me to come. It was a college night. And I was like trying to be a good boyfriend. I'm like, all right, whatever I'll go. So we go there. It was a, it was a nighttime service and just the message there really resonated with me. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, that wasn't, that wasn't so bad. This is very something. Cause I, I grew up in a Presbyterian church and okay. so they're very traditional. This is what you got to do. It was very black and white. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it didn't seem, there wasn't a lot of spirit working through that. It's like, this is what it says. This is exactly what it is. This is how mm-hmm. you're supposed to do stuff. Um, there's truth to that, but it's like very much a half truth. More of like, um, a faith in like, you have to do works to get to Christ versus like come as you Mm -hmm. are. Yeah. So that was a lot of my perception on Christians. And Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people still have that too, is like, you have to do works. Um, and I know that's very common, common in different, uh, sects of Christianity, Mm -hmm. but even Christianity itself still a work in progress throughout people. Cause it's ultimately it's people that are. You know, we're trying to represent Christ, but when we come short, that's what people look at is the people, mm-hmm. not Christ. Yeah. So that's a hard Exactly. Thing. I feel like um, that's something that deters a lot of people. Um, they either leave the faith, mm-hmm. like, because once you get out of that um, childish faith, like, you're either going to leave it if you don't actually see people truly walking in Christ, mm-hmm. because there's that facade of, you know, oh, you're a Christian, you can't be unhappy. Mm-hmm. You're a Christian, you can't struggle with addiction. Right. You're a Christian... 
um, it's a lot of churches know, fail XYZ or yeah. you have to do this amount to get God's love and forgiveness mm -hmm. and when they see that that doesn't hold up mm -hmm. they end up walking away yeah but in what in reality I feel like God calls us to is no you know while you're still sinners he sent his son and died for mm -hmm. us and it's not that you're perfect you never will be it's that mm -hmm. he is perfect exactly. we needed that human to look yes up to, to have. and he does call us to do things for him, but mm -hmm. that's once you're in, you know, following and in relationship yeah. with him. Oh yeah. It's not the other way around. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I think there was a lot of my perception of that. And mm -hmm. I was like, man, that sounds terrible. But even now it's, it's faith is so much of like not understanding what's happening in front of you, but trusting that God has it. And then when you go forward and I've had this experience several times, even being a Christian for mm -hmm. three years and I, I look back and I'm like, wow, I see, I see God working in that. Yeah. And, Faith is so much of that is not understanding what's happening now, but trusting it will make sense backwards, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and that was really cool. But my small group, um, so the small groups is what came up from that college night is they said, uh, Hey, we're doing small groups. And I looked it up, which was very weird for me. And looking back, I could see it as like, maybe the spirit was like moving in me. Yeah. Cause like, at the time, I had no idea why I'd do that because I was entirely atheist. And Even Caitlin, now, I'm thinking atheist, you come one night and you're joining a small group? Yeah, it, it was weird. It was very strange. It yeah. was like a whole flip. But I was like, I was reading through these small groups and one group uh, said, come with questions, which I'm still very close with my leaders and the other guys from mm -hmm. that small group. Fantastic group. Um, but they said like the, oops, sorry, <laughs> the caption was like, come with questions. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I got a ton of those. Yeah. So I go there, I sign up for whatever reason. And I'm like, okay, I'll go. I kind of went in with the mindset of like, man, I'm going to, I'm going to like show these people wrong or like what they're saying is not going to make sense. But boy, was I just like, I was in the complete opposite direction. When I get there, I'm listening to them. Like, this is not what I expected. Yeah. I did I not expect, yeah, I did not <laughs> expect people to articulate the Bible in such a different way. Like my small group leaders, they're just one of them. I, I see like one, we had two, one was very knowledgeable in theology. He went through like a, what is a seminary, a bunch of stuff, mm -hmm. knew the Bible front word, front and back. Um, very smart guy. And the other was very emotionally touched, which mm. is something I needed a lot because I didn't really get that growing up. So it was kind of like both ends of the spectrum there, yeah. which really resonated well with me and the other guys mm. too. Um, and all the other guys, they were Christians of that church. And I'm like, Hey, I'm an atheist. <laughs> and so they're like, Whoa, yeah, wow. I just decided. To yeah, join. exactly. But it was really cool because they're so welcoming too. And yeah. I think that was huge. But like, mm. if they were the complete opposite and a lot of people still fail and they're like, wow, you're an atheist. Why are you here? Get out. But they're yeah. a complete opposite of that. They were like very welcoming. They're like, Hey man, you know, if you want to talk or whatever, just, we can talk mm -hmm. and, you know, chat about stuff. But first we met once a week, first week was fine enough. And then I went back the next week and the next week and I'm like, you know, this is pretty interesting. I'm yeah. learning a lot. And, uh, I had tons of questions. We would chat for probably like three hours a night. And I mean, shout out to them. They spent, I mean, there were parents, they had kids, they had yeah. families and they were doing all this stuff. <clears throat> and so we talked a lot and just even those three hours. So full and thick of information and mm. just wrestling with stuff. And I think that's huge is because like, I think a lot of churches today fail in the not wrestling of things and just talking at you. They don't talk with you. Yes. And that was huge for me is yes. I could, it was a conversation. It wasn't a lot that I grew up with was people, you know, shoving stuff down your throat, like mm. shouting at you. Um, whereas this was a conversation. Yeah. I, um, I grew up as a Christian, mm. um, went through a lot of stuff. Uh, the, the difference was, is I was lucky. I had two people in my life in the sense to actually show me who Christ, Christ was and what actually walking as a Christian looked mm -hmm. like. I mean, you, you're around, around a lot of people that go to church, you know, but I saw a few people that actually live their life like mm -hmm. that. So I did understand and 
at a young age developed my own relationship with Christ. Mm -hmm. And I'm so, so grateful for that gap that mm -hmm. God built for me so early. I can see how it covered me through to where I am now. Yeah. But there's times in my life where I'm just like talking to somebody who doesn't believe or, you know, I can tell like they're like, mm, I don't know about all this. Mm -hmm. And it really is kind of mind blowing to me of like you expect somebody to come mm -hmm. and just to believe long time ago somebody died on the cross yeah. and, and now there's this spirit yeah. and it's all here. And like, it does Thank seem God, like three people at a once. lot. You're like, ah. like, why wouldn't they cover yeah. these questions? Mm -hmm. That seems so, so far out there and yeah. so far fetched. So for somebody to not believe, um, and then to believe, and then for you to like come back, mm -hmm. I was really excited to have it's, this conversation. I, I will say, I think God has used me in a very cool way. Just the fact that I do have that atheist mindset and yeah. being on the other side of it, I truly see both sides of the coin. And yeah. it, it's really cool because I see in the far extreme of one side and as well mm -hmm. as the other. So I've been able to explore and relate to people. Even mm -hmm. my friends now, they like, it's cool because I, I guess like inspire them to ask questions, which is great. And I love, mm -hmm. I love these conversations with them because people uh, have like a Jewish friend. I have a lot of atheist friends and they come and talk to me. They're like, dude, how did like, cause I, they knew me as an mm -hmm. atheist and they're like, what happened here? And yeah. so a lot of it from their point of view is they're like, Oh, Caitlin turned him into a Christian. Whereas like she was more so just the stepping stone mm -hmm. in that direction. Like she just brought me to the college night. And from there I decided to, you know, move in that direction. Mm -hmm. So while we very much have a relationship with Christ together, you know, given we're married and all the yeah. other things, like I very much have my own relationship mm -hmm. with Christ, which I think is huge in marriages to have your Absolutely. own and together, you know? Yeah. Um, so that was really cool. And, Do you remember uh, any specific things that you wrestled with that you asked of in like a small group? Yeah. Or like the things that made you come back to, Oh, I don't believe. And now I do believe. I think the biggest thing for me is taking apart the lens. And I think there's something that a lot of people struggle with mm. today is having the lens of a, someone who lived during the times of the Bible and shedding all this preconceptions we have of the modern day mm -hmm. and taking the Bible for what it is, not what we're trying to make it. Cause I think especially Western Christianity, we try to fit the Bible in a mold of what we want it to be as opposed to taking it for what it is. Mm. And that is huge Absolutely, because even so many people do that today. It's like you have to respect the authors and the literature and what they wrote and why they wrote it and how it all points to Jesus. But mm -hmm. that is daunting it yeah. can be daunting because it is try like telling an atheist like there's so much information that like i can't have what i know in my brain in one conversation with somebody mm -hmm. you know so it's like where do i start what do i talk about obviously i bring in jesus and my testimony is the biggest thing i can share mm -hmm. and so what i kind of leave them with is like you know just try praying that's what i ultimately did i started praying to god i'm like uh you know hey if you're real blah 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 yeah. you know so <laughs> I did start praying and I started seeing very small but tangible changes in my life. Like mm -hmm. I was less anxious. I used to have really bad anxiety. My anxiety attacks pretty much all but went away mm -hmm. at that time. Praise and God. yeah, honestly. And it, it was really weird. And I started seeing these tangible changes in my life. And that's not everyone's experience. You know, it's mm -hmm. not, they don't always see that. Some people have it different. But for my experience, it, yeah, I noticed these things because I'm very like, I'm very aware of myself and like how I am. I'm very emotionally touched. And so, like in touch with myself and I saw these changes mm. happening very quickly, but also slowly. Like my, my faith was never an aha, you know, mm. moment. It was very much a process. Mm. And so it took a lot of learning because that's what I, just how I'm wired. God's mm -hmm. wired me to be a learner, very like intellectual kind of person with the Bible. And so like, I still have my struggles with that because I am very much that way, but also at the same time, that's where you have to lean into faith and kind of yeah. learn, like lean into that and learn like, hey, this isn't going to sound super great to you, but you kind of have to wrestle with it and learn a lot more about it. 
one of the things I have to remind myself often, um, as well as my friends, it's really the kindness of God. Okay, sure, He could give you these big aha moments mm-hmm. of where you're like, if you're real, da da da. Yeah. Sure, He can, yeah, right? Absolutely. But then, if you do that, not only are you kind of treating Him like a genie, but mm-hmm. as a loving Father, yeah. this is when viewing Christ. Like, how do you view Christ? If you view Him as somebody that is actually in a relationship with mm-hmm. you and somebody that's more Goes tangible, both ways, yeah. yeah, He's going to give you the slow transformation. Mm-hmm. So that when he gets you to the other side or he gets you to, you know, whatever he's trying to work mm-hmm. through you mm-hmm. and he brings you that healing, you understand a how he did it, mm-hmm. but also the worth in it. Yeah, like if God were to just I mean, say you're praying for financial freedom mm-hmm. and you win the lottery. Right. OK, mm-hmm. wow. Praise God. Yeah, you can yeah, do sweet, it. Awesome. You know what I mean? But then you waste all that money. Yeah. A lot of people that win the lottery. Yeah, it's bad for them. It's very bad Mm -hmm. for them. A lot of them end up committing suicide or they get, you know, like, no, God, and that's a metaphor in the sense of God a lot of times walks us through things in a slow way so that when he brings us to the other side, Mm -hmm. not only can we handle it, but we can appreciate it. And like you said, you look back and you see his hand and you think, okay, well, thank you for doing it that way. Yeah. You know, we, we don't see a lot of what he has planned because we expect our expectations are huge in that too. It's mm-hmm. like, we, we try to create our own expectations, our own lens on things of how it should be. And when you shed the lens and the shed of the expectations, you can move in a lot better direction. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was huge to me. That was a huge muscle, so to speak, to develop and mm-hmm. learn. And it's a lot of patience too. Yeah. A lot of people don't have patience. Um, but yeah, the small groups, I pretty much kept going to them. I learned a lot of how the Bible is written, the context it was mm-hmm. written in all that stuff. And, uh, I started getting excited about it. I would go home and share stuff with, uh, Caitlin about it. And she's like, this, you know, this is so cool hearing my atheist, you know, boyfriend at the time talk about this. And, uh, it really did, uh, it helped me wrestle through a lot of things with my mom. It was like therapy too. Not that Mm -hmm. all small groups are therapy or should be, but they can be, Mm -hmm. you know, and it helps you wrestle with that, excuse me, wrestle with that. And, uh, a lot of my traumas really came to light i was like yeah. oh my gosh i'm it because they're my small group leaders were telling me and they're fantastic fathers husbands they're great people and i was like seeing this father figure in my mm-hmm. own life they're kind of like big brothers slash fathers to me it was very weird yeah. uh can't really articulate what that relationship was like you know just mentors. small group leaders yeah mentors yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and so seeing that it, it shed light on how i didn't have that growing mm-hmm. up and so i was like man this is incredible um but eventually i decided like i want to get baptized i got baptized feb or not february august of 2021 and i think it was february 2020 that Mm -hmm. i was like i'm all february 2021 i was like yeah i'm on board with christ and then august of 2021 is when i got baptized um but with that my uh relationship with christ brought so much healing to my life Mm. and uh it brought a lot of healing a lot of confidence though because at this time i was thinking like I want to propose to Caitlin, but I knew she didn't want to marry someone who was atheist. And, uh, that was like way like prior to me coming to Christ, but like, it, it's just kind of something that happened to me, you mm-hmm. know, it's like, I had that faith and I felt confident. I talked to my small uh, group leaders, like several times we had several meetings, just yeah. us three. I was wrestling about just different stuff with them. And eventually I had the confidence and prayed over a lot. And then I eventually proposed and that was because of Christ. I don't, I would not be married. I would not be having a kid, none of this without mm-hmm. Christ. And that's for sure. Um, so that just brought me to a place where I felt like I could do anything really. And it, uh, it really developed in me and developed me as a person and gave me the confidence to propose to her and then eventually get married. And a huge thing with like learning about 
Christ and also how marriage should be structured is like Christ needs to be in it. That's like mm. the divorce rate's so high. I mean, obviously there's everyone's life. It's very, you know, nuanced. There's so many different struggles that they have. And there are Christians that still get divorced. You know, that's not saying like having a relationship with Christ is the fix all, but it's mm -hmm. sustainable. You know, yeah. that's how you sustain a marriage is through Christ. Yes. I think there is a societal definition um, or today's societal definition of mm. marriage. And there is a very different definition of marriage that God calls Christians into. One yep. is a covenant, a mm -hmm. promise to him. Therefore, yep. I mean, you're promising that to your partner, mm -hmm. but really the meaning of marriage is a promise to God yep. to be partners together in this yep. life. It is and, you know, like you said, each individually run towards Christ in this life together. Mm -hmm. It's your helper, yep. right? But societal is like, okay, for me, after we got married, um, Austin and I, we got married and we really went into this re-engage thing and it mm -hmm. just blew my mind because we had just gotten married and I was mm -hmm. like, I don't even know if I knew what the right. definition of marriage yeah. was. I just knew that was the next step mm -hmm. and like that's mm -hmm. what God wants you to do. But it just opened up this whole thing of like yeah. what marriage actually is. Oh, yeah. And because of that, like it exposed to me why there's such big, you know, marriage rates mm -hmm. of divorce and stuff, because society's definition is you can just get divorced. Yeah. You know, people mm -hmm. always know that there's this, it's an option on the this table. exit yeah. option, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And they don't see their person necessarily as their helper or their partner, mm -hmm. but more, you know, I don't, I don't really know. Like I can't even yeah. understand it, uh, it anymore. I think a lot of it is like people, like you said, they see it as an option of course it's always quote unquote an option but mm -hmm. like when when you understand the like the whole reason for marriage mm -hmm. and that marriage is like it's a very biblical thing marriage yes. was not a thing aside from reading it throughout scripture mm -hmm. and uh it, it's a partnership with obviously your wife or your husband but also with christ and uh, learning about that was huge for me but it was because my parents they're divorced and so that was a big trauma and fear that i mm -hmm. had it's like i don't want that for me in my yeah. life i don't want that for my kid i don't want another broken family but god's also amazing in that like you can remake your marriage several times throughout your marriage mm -hmm. you know you can be a whole new thing through him and i've seen plenty of marriages honestly saved by christ i've seen yeah. very even relationships um just absolutely broken and like through lots of prayer and work and that's ultimately what it is you mm -hmm. know it's work and it's trusting and it's believing in God can help heal that and he, he will heal it if you're there too because it's a relationship with him. It's not just he's going to fix all your problems. You have yes. to do the work too. Yes. I think God um, uses marriage to work on you. Yeah. And I think the, the, the thing I worked, <laughs> the way I looked at it beforehand is, oh, you know, my spouse is going to get better. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Da, 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 da. A lot of people expect it to be a Band-Aid. Yes, issues, but right? a lot of times God is actually going to use your marriage. If you involve him and mm. you look at it the right way, God is going to use your marriage and your spouse for as a self-reflection on you and you yeah. will get better oh, yeah. and self-sacrifice. Mm -hmm. And the beauty of that is we are his bride, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. And it's the same way. Yeah. Like he uses us and we get better for him. Mm -hmm. And it's just this constant cycle of not only getting better, but of, of healing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, very similar to you. I, I have no idea what a healthy marriage looks like. Mm -hmm. So going into that, it was so nice to reevaluate and redefine marriage so that, hey, I actually think we can make this thing work yeah, long term work. Yeah, oh, yeah. and break those generational things. Mm -hmm. And But that's awesome. It, uh, like you said, it's very self-reflective. And I see a lot of my own selfishness in a marriage. And there's a lot of like balance finding that mm -hmm. too. And so it's a, it's, I'm growing at the same time she's growing as well as our marriage is growing too. Yeah. And so it's, it's pretty incredible to see 
that process, we've only been married, you know, eight months and some change. Mm -hmm. But in that short amount of time, we've seen a lot of change and a lot of like our parents' issues and what they went through. And it's like, I feel like so many generations came and went and they never solved it. And I think we're in a very cool generation mm -hmm. where we're kind of recognizing these generational generational curses or mm -hmm. whatever you want to call them and like we're working on it and i think we're in a very cool generation where we're going to be the change you i know? hope so and i think yeah i really hope so and i think there's a lot of cool like the time i came to christ was such a neat time because i've seen a lot of what i had experienced and like the light on the bible so to speak that was shed mm -hmm. for me and understanding it and its context is now being shared across the board for yeah. the most part I think a lot of the old ways are dying and old ways of saying like our parents' generation, grandparents, mm -hmm. and like a lot of what they had lived, I see it as like half truths, I guess, because, you know, I think reading the Bible and if you go through it and read every word is quite literal, you're missing out on a ton of what the authors want you to see. Mm -hmm. You're missing out on so much, but you're also like, I believe the spirit's going to work through you with that. So like you're, you're, whereas God wants you to go North, you're kind of going Northwest, you know what I mean? And so maybe there's going to be a good spot where you kind of get back on course, but also everyone's life is so different. It's very nuanced mm -hmm. for where God wants everyone to be. But is that what you were saying when you're talking about taking off the lens and trying mm -hmm. to fit the Bible into yeah. our world versus oh, yeah. taking it for, what for it what it is yeah. and not in the sense of we live in old Testament times, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you much know, different times than then. That's for sure. Yes. But in the sense of, in the context of that, that is what, what was happened. This yeah. is how God created it to be. Mm -hmm. And this is how there's order. And like you're saying, I think when we try to fit it into our own selfish desires of, oh, this is what it means because this is how I want it. Right. We don't how it relates to me. And, we have anxiety, yeah. mm -hmm. you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's not meant, it's not how we were created to be. Yeah. Yeah. And, we, yeah. uh, we're very much wired to be in relationship with our creator. And mm -hmm. when people start to feel, at least for me, when you feel that anxiety, it's very much even, even just our generation in general, like having phones, we are so separated from our surroundings mm -hmm. and the way the world is. We have I'm not saying phones are inherently bad or technology is inherently bad, but it, it can and has driven us in a direction different from looking at our creator and being in a relationship with him. So when we don't have that, we get anxious, we get depressed, we feel stressed. And that's all in part of what I think is because we're not doing what we were wired to do. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of that is something that our generation struggles with. And uh, it's just, there's so, so much to talk about there, but it's like, ultimately we should, like, I want to strive for a relationship with Christ. And that's hard because my life is going to look different from your life, from mm -hmm. anybody else's life. And yes, it looks different from person to person, but ultimately what Christianity is, is believing that Jesus sacrificed himself for us and he resurrected from the dead. That is the foundation of mm -hmm. Christianity. If we can start there, I can start anywhere with any Christian. If you want to take the Bible literally, that is so secondary to having a relationship with Christ. You yeah. know, that is the foundation of what Christianity is, is believing that he died and came back for us and that mm -hmm. he conquered sin, he conquered death so that we don't have to be slaves to it anymore. Yeah. And that is just huge. And exploring that, what Jesus, like the big thing for me was I learned about God and then I was like, okay, what's this Jesus deal? You know? And so I explored that, learned a lot more about that. I'm like, oh my gosh, the entire Bible points to Jesus in one way or another. Mm -hmm. And Jesus truly does answer my questions at least in one way or another mm. in some strange way it's probably like a long conversation most of the times but he does answer it for being what he is or what he has done yeah. one way or another he truly does answer all that and i think he answers all of humanity's problems our problems today 
are not much different from humanity's problems thousands of years ago. Mm -hmm. It just looks different. Mm -hmm. Our context looks different than it did for those in the Old Testament, but we are still humans. We are still wired the same. Uh, like the cycles generally. of the rise and the fall mm -hmm. are the same and they're all over the same yeah. thing mm -hmm. like idolatry mm -hmm. you know they just looks different now yes mm -hmm. they used to do golden calves and now yes. it's artists mm -hmm. it's money yeah. it's oh, yeah. you know whatever it's all it's all the same yeah it's just it's labeled something else mm -hmm. but it's ultimately the same shortcomings that we mm -hmm. have and so like a lot of that was so so much clearer to me after learning and exploring who and what Jesus was and did. And I just think there's like obviously the question and you get to the book of Revelation a lot. And people also take that. That is a, probably the most complex book in the Bible. Very long conversation there as well. But I learned a lot about that. And it's not so much of like, oh my gosh, there's going to be heaven or heaven and hell fighting mm -hmm. on earth. Like yes and no, but it's not like demons and angels fighting on earth where it's going to be a wasteland. It is more so saying that the promise Jesus is coming back and that yeah. there will be a put to the end there will be an end to evil on mm -hmm. earth because evil still exists. Even though Jesus conquered sin and death, and I wrestled with this for a while, I'm like, well, why is there, what, you know, is if Jesus died and came back and he conquered sin, like, why do we still fail? Mm -hmm. Because evil still exists. Yep. And ultimately, he's going to put an end to that. We don't know when. We have these ideas. Revelation points us in different directions. There are different ideas theologically mm -hmm. of when that is. But it's not a cryptic timeline on when the world's going to end. It is just ultimately saying that Jesus will come back and put an end to evil forever. Mm -hmm. And those who have a relationship with him and believe in him will be with him in heaven and the restored earth. If you want to, if it's literally earth or not, don't really mm -hmm. know, but it is a place where we're forever present mm -hmm. with God. And there's forever a place for evil. Call mm -hmm. that hell, whatever. It is separate from our creation. Yeah. And that is the, that is the, not just the hope, but the promise that he has. And like a lot of, um, healing that had for me and exploring mm -hmm. that was with my mom when she passed away almost two years ago. I mean, I had so many questions about heaven and hell, what that looked like, angels, demons, all this stuff. And it was so much less of what I learned growing up, like these horned people that are coming to kill you or whatever, or even the devil. It's like this horned person with a pitchfork. Oh. I was like, that was my whole entire like preconception of that. And it's it was much more manipulative yeah. than that. It's, <laughs> it's crazy. The deception is so mm -hmm. real, yeah. you know, um, I'm trying to get better at actually no, calling the verses, but there's the one verse where it talks about how the devil is like a lion and he prowls around mm -hmm. seeking, you know, for the right opportunity. Like yeah. it's, it's everywhere in, in secret. And mm -hmm. that that's, it's, he's not going to come walk into your work life right. with horns. Like mm -hmm. that's not how it is. Sin and yes. the devil is very much there. You just like, Sin essentially is death, like mm -hmm. death from relationship with God. It's a direction separate from God. Mm -hmm. And that's what has killed us. That was, you know, Eve uh, picking from the tree of uh, good knowledge. And with that, they use uh, beast imagery a lot with sin. Like you, uh, yeah. the Cain and Abel story, like, you know, after uh, or before um, Cain kills Abel, he's like, you know, sin is crouching at your door, crouching mm -hmm. like a lion. So like a lot of mm -hmm. literature especially Old Testament, it's a lot of beast imagery because they know these beasts are out there and they're trying yeah. to kill you. And so like how they articulate that is like, you know, it's crouching, it's, you know, creeping, whatever. They use a lot of beast imagery. And so it's like you, when you fall to sin, you become like the beast mm -hmm. because we are animals, but we are so much more than that. You yeah. know, our, our difference from our brain, and that's another whole conversation, like how we are wired is to be so much more than animals. Mm -hmm. Like we are animals, but God has called us to be so much more. He yeah. called us to be, we're his image. Yeah, animals he created aren't. his, yeah, yeah, exactly. Animals are not his image. That's not to say we should disrespect animals. Early, like early Genesis, I think Genesis 
one, two, it's like, we are supposed to live with the animals. Mm -hmm. We're supposed to, he says, rule the animals. A lot of people see that as like, oh, we just do whatever we want to the Mm -hmm. animals, but ruling and the way God wants it is to be present with them and love them, you know? And so uh, early on, we were actually just eating the seeds of the ground, the uh, fruit and vegetables of the ground. We're Genesis, we're vegans. We're vegans. Not saying you should be vegan. That's a whole other thing, but like we're vegans and then we sinned Mm -hmm. and now we can eat animal flesh. Everything has a place and a purpose in in the right context. Yeah, absolutely. So Mm -hmm. it, uh, we, what that's saying is we have become like the beasts because of sin. And so a lot of that, that's a whole thing throughout the entire Bible is a lot of beast imagery. Mm -hmm. And, uh, we have, I want to touch on something you just said though, real quick before we go past it is talking about sin is death. And you said, you know, sin is death to relationships. Mm -hmm. Um, and, I feel like that's something that's kind of glanced over. It's mm-hmm. just the sin is death part. People take that so literally. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, we are, to, you can take it as far as eternity if you want. Right. But it's literally um, sin is death to peace. Like you were talking about anxiety, right? Yeah. And yeah. once you, you know, he healed you from anxiety. Uh, definitely relationships. Mm-hmm. Sin is death to um, like your finances. Like um, it's also a all, spiritual all, death too. Yes. Like all kinds of little deaths. Mm-hmm. And I think, if a lot of times if people were to have self-reflection of like, why is this happening to Mm -hmm. me? You know, you can turn that into death in that sense. And once, once I was able to look at things that way, Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, I understand why this part is a soreness. Mm -hmm. I understand why I struggle with this. Yes. Um, And then by surrendering that and working through that, I, a lot of those things were healed. Yeah, absolutely. Which is awesome. It, uh, we're not, and this is a full, very thick, like a uh, paradigm in the Bible as well, or theme. It's like, we're not just earthly creatures. Mm-hmm. We have in Hebrew, it's a Ruach, which is like the spirit, the breath of God. It mm-hmm. means four different things in English, whereas Hebrew is a very complex language, yeah. but we have our own, but we also have the, now the spirit of God. We mm-hmm. have this, um, you know, spirit, Jesus came same spirit that he died and resurrected with. We have that same spirit. The spirit is my jam. Yeah, it's it's the same thing that he died and came back with. We all now have access yes. to that, yes. and that's incredible, and that's a powerful thing. And I don't think we give me myself. I haven't given it as much credit as it deserves until like very recently. I'm like, that's the same thing he died and came back with to conquer sin, and I have that same power available to me. We all do if you mm-hmm. choose to follow him, and it's incredible. You're getting on a tangent, but I gotta go there because <laughs> go this has been like over the past six months something I just keep replaying in my head. Obviously, you don't have favorites, you know, God, mm-hmm. God, the Son, Spirit. Okay. But listen, okay. When Jesus died on the cross and forgave us for our sins, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank God we don't live in the Old Testament, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But I feel like we've glanced over the part that when he did that, so like before when Jesus died, we could not be in the presence of God mm-hmm. because of our sin and how unperfect. Yeah. yeah. And even back in the Old Testament, people would have to go and bring their sacrifices mm-hmm. every day. You know, I'd be lining up. Yeah. to sacrifice something that is sacrifice yeah you had to bring it to this servant who would bring it to the priest Mm -hmm. and only one person could actually go to the altar because he was appointed yes and when people would run to the altar like if they would go into the room and they were not appointed to be there they Mm -hmm. would catch on fire Mm -hmm. in the presence of the lord okay that's old testament so when jesus the ultimate lamb Mm -hmm. did the ultimate sacrifice right in our place the veil tore mm-hmm. and that's when God could be in our present. And that's oh, when yeah. the spirit, if you would have told me as a kid, <laughs> yeah, okay? this is very complex. But no, but like, about. If you would have told me as a kid, like, because when Jesus died, we literally got the spirit within mm-hmm. us. That is supernatural powers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And for me, that's the most, like, that's how you, I know my faith is real. 
because of the spirit. Like mm-hmm. when I get that feeling that that supernatural stuff, that's the spirit. And that's how like I, it's what you can't explain to people until you feel it. Yeah, it's very you can't really articulate like, hey, yeah. So back in this time, you had to kill animals, whatever. I don't know why. Yeah. It's because they had lifeblood and that lifeblood forgave their sins. Yeah. Super weird. I, God, you know, he wanted it to be that way. I won't question that. I'm more so happy we don't live in those times, but yeah. <laughs> it's a little more convenient now, you know. And, and uh, we get to be in his presence all the time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We totally take it for granted. There's some days you don't even acknowledge yeah. him. Yeah. You know exactly. what I mean? Yeah. But the fact that the spirit is like always there mm-hmm. with you and talks to God on be- yeah. on behalf, like that is literally our superpower. We get to hopefully, I you know, try to invest in every day. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. anyway, sorry. Yeah. No, you're good. Uh, yeah. I mean, like you said, you have to, you used to have to go to the temple, get a priest <laughs> yeah. who was appointed to do these things. Whereas now that we're, we're all priests, we're all his temple. That's mm-hmm. why we said we're, we're a part of his body, yeah. like, literally and figuratively. Yeah. Like we are, we are his temples, you know, because we are now housing the same power that was in that building. And we all have that, Yeah. each other. And it's, it's incredible that we mm-hmm. have that same power that, was very inconvenient to get to at times, yeah. but it's uh it's very cool. Okay, back to your testimony. We've gone yeah. on so many times. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> Sorry. No, you're good. All right, let me, so recap. Growing up, was kind of Christian. Yeah. Was not Christian. Very traumatic childhood. Parents sports fourteen. Mm-hmm. Went to college, played tennis. Didn't like tennis. Went to Kennesaw. Mm-hmm. Met uh, Caitlin, now my wife. We did the small group, or she went to the college night, and then said try small groups. I mm-hmm. did. Um, and then come with questions, had a bunch of those. And then week after week, exploring through a lot of that, wrestling with a lot of what the Bible had to say was huge to me. Um, and so I think from there, really, it was just one started praying, had a relationship with God. And then I was like, who's this Jesus dude? You know, Jesus also got, you know, that whole conversation. Yeah. Anyhow, aside from that, I was like, what did Jesus do? I had so many questions about him. And at, at one point I was really at like, in my faith, which was still very young, it was like, I was less less like I was more invested or curious. I think I was more interested in the life of Jesus that he led mm-hmm. as opposed to his death. Mm-hmm. Little did I know how much his death meant. It was <laughs> literally the culmination of the Bible was his yeah. death. And so that's just where I was at some point. And uh, so eventually I, I kind of look back and I'm like, you know, his life was very huge, you know, but ultimately his life was to show throughout reading scripture mm-hmm. and out those that he was, living with because a lot for, to a lot of those people jesus was just something that happened to them you mm-hmm. know they were already living and then he happened during yeah. their time and that's just kind of how it happened mm-hmm. um but learning about his death and what that meant was paramount for me and learning what everything in the bible is pointing to and mm-hmm. it, it goes back and forth and it leads up to and goes back mm-hmm. and it's, it's just really it was really beautiful and incredible to learn about all that but ultimately it was i lived a whole 22 years of my life essentially uh, you know, I was a kid, but you know, kid faith is, it's good to have obviously, but like mm-hmm. if your parents aren't representing that for you, it's not gonna, not gonna really do too much for me. It didn't anyhow, that's not to say it will be like that for everybody, but live about 22 years as an atheist, very strong atheist. And then I, uh, you know, pronounced my faith in Christ and then I got baptized to show that. And, uh, from there it was just incredible. And I think the biggest thing my testimony helped with was, uh, the death of my mom and like from my mom her like she was she struggled with drugs she had ms uh, multiple sclerosis which is like a neurological disease um and so she had a lot of a lot of mental issues she grew up her parents divorced when she was 11 so she had that her dad died when she was 16 
And I think a lot of those, you can call them demon struggles, whatever, she never wrestled with that. She never healed mm. from that. And so she brought a lot of that into her marriage <clears throat> with my dad. And so them being married and that still struggling with that, obviously we were kids, we didn't know what was going on, but she didn't heal any of that. Yeah. And so ultimately uh, she was sober for two years. Um, I think Kate and I were, I think we we're engaged about at this time, but uh, it was a lot of me when they divorced, my uh, brother and sister came back to live with my dad mm -hmm. and I, cause they were there <clears throat> with her for about a year. And uh, it was a lot of me taking care of my mom, especially in college. Like I was in North Carolina and nobody, she burnt so many bridges, nobody would talk to her. And so I would drive from North Carolina mm. to my mom's place, help her out. And she just depended on me a lot, which is not how it should be. It should be the other way around. So like a lot, it, it made me wiser and grew me up quick just because the son had to become the parent, which isn't how it should be, but it was just in my case. And so that grew me a lot. And it also hurt a lot too, just because I see my mom struggle and that gave me my own set of issues. Mm -hmm. Um but she was ecstatic. She was there for my baptism when she was sober. And it was fantastic. So I, I have that memory of her. Um, <clears throat> but she, uh, yeah, those two years we had her sober, probably the best two years I ever had with her. And my and Caitlin got to see that with her because Kate and her were be best friends too. Um, my mom was very much a firecracker. She knew no stranger. She, there's not, not a room she entered where there's a stranger. Everybody was her best friend. Like yeah. she was so kind, just a sweet human. And a lot of that. Christy, right? Yeah, Christy. Yeah. She, uh, a lot of what and how she was, I mean, gosh, she was a dingus. She was a dingus and it was embarrassing to be in public with her. It was so terrible, but I loved her for that just because she really was she super kind. I feel like dinguses, if, you, if people embarrass you in public, it's normally because they just, they're just living their life. They are. Like yeah. in the way of like, they, they're just going to go out and they're going to have a good day and they're yeah. not going to worry. But about, I love yeah. that so much because she was exactly. an anomaly. She was an anomaly. Like there was no, not really many people like her. Like yeah. she like I said, knew no stranger. She would just be, she had no filter for better or worse. She had no filter, but she just was her. She yeah. was her, especially when she was sober. She was just so present and just was good and funny and fun to hang around with. And she was goofy. And uh, a lot of that I tried to like keep with myself mm. in a sense of just like having that no, not like no shame, but also just being me, like wearing my heart on my sleeve. Mm. That is what she did very much. Um, but eventually she had a relapse and that's kind of when things went downhill. She eventually, she had overdosed four or five times. I found her each time. That was super not fun. Um, but with that now is a lot of why I'm a fireman as well mm -hmm. is because I called, um, 911 a lot and they'd come mm -hmm. over. Those guys would talk to me. They're really great. Um, very helpful through that process, but, um, also wanted to help, <clears throat> help other people the way they helped me, um, mm -hmm. obviously in many different ways, but that especially. So I've already had opportunities to talk to some people in very bad situations, just kind of share a five, 10 minute testimony as quick as I could. Yeah. Uh, but to let them know this is not, it's not that it's like, let them know it's not uncommon. Like, and I try to share a bit of like trying to get them to understand like, Hey, your parents have these set of struggles, you know, and it's so hard to talk to. There was one 13 year old I try to talk to, but I had to say it in a way that a 13 year old can understand, yeah. you know, and that was, that was tough to see, but I wanted to let them know, like, Hey, it's going to be okay. You know, yeah. you're going to be all right. And I, I prayed with them and that was really nice. Um, God, my throat's dry, <laughs> but yeah. I'm, oh, you're out of right. pepper. I'm just talking too much, but it, There's uh, water in there. It hasn't been open. Wait, what? In the cubby. What? The oh, oh, okay. Sweet. Awesome. Water. You came. Yeah, so, so far though, I mean, I, there's a constant theme of God taking 
the struggles, which, you know, we're not even going to get into spiritual warfare, mm -hmm. but of your one, you need to know, like being the knowledge person, mm -hmm. Austin's like this too. He wants to know the facts, right. you know, yeah, I'm the same so way. Yeah. from being an atheist and being able to actually get into the Bible and the grit mm -hmm. and knowing the facts and coming with questions, yeah. like your faith is strong because of that. And yeah. you also are able to influence other people like, mm -hmm. Hey, this is how my brain is. Yeah. And I don't just believe it because people say, <clears throat> believe it. Yeah. Like I believe it because it was I, very much something I had to work through and develop exactly. knowledge and relationship. With and God if it that. wasn't for that, mm -hmm. I don't think you growing up and seeing that kind of faith and then you turning atheist and then becoming the questions, mm -hmm. I don't think you would have had the faith that you have now yeah. without going through that process. I think a lot of my mom dying um, also grew my faith. I yes. think I see a lot of people <clears throat> that destroys them. It takes them away from faith a lot. It's like, you know, why God? Why didn't you save her? Why didn't you save him? I, to my credit, I never questioned that once. Mm -hmm. And I think that was good just because I was just praying that God would guide her where she needed mm -hmm. to be. And that's ultimately not with Christ. You know, yeah. and I truly believe that if you have a relationship with Christ, that is where you will be. You can call it the waiting period, call it whatever. But ultimately, as far as we know, like you die with a relationship with Christ. Now you're going to be with Christ mm -hmm. and it doesn't really explore much else. You can have a whole conversation on heaven, what that looks like. But ultimately what we know is that you are with Christ because yeah. you chose Christ. And she did, she did choose Christ. Um, she, uh, yeah, just, I mean, when it got bad towards the end, she ultimately, after her overdoses, she had fallen. We weren't home at this time, mm -hmm. uh, but Caitlin, which is kind of crazy, call it spirit moving through her or whatever. She had this feeling. She's like, because <clears throat> we moved out at this point. We were mm -hmm. living with her just when she was really bad. Um, and she's like, I have this really weird feeling. I'm going to call a wellness check for your mom. She's saying that to me. And uh, I was like, okay. And so the wellness check, eventually they knocked on the door and uh, no answer. A whole story there but long story short they got inside and found my mom well she had fallen off stairs hit her head on the ground and there's mm -hmm. like a pool of blood and uh, they said she was cold to the touch mm -hmm. they almost called it on her but they found a pulse and so they got her to the hospital um so with that she was in icu she had a ton of wires and stuff they had to shave her head just to you know get all that do a cat scan mri um long story short she was brain dead and so we had several doctors say to us, you know, she's never going to walk again. She'll never talk again, mm. um, that she was paralyzed. She was a vegetable, essentially. Yeah. And so hearing that was already terrible enough. And seeing her on the bed mm. oh, it was just not not a fun process. And uh, <clears throat> so we, you know, just prayed. And I talked to my family. For whatever reason, I was the decision maker through all that, just because I guess they, I had been already, you know, working through a lot of stuff mm. with her. But Spending a lot of time with her. Yeah. 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 So they... Uh, I asked everybody, or rather they asked me, like, you know, what, how do you want to move through this? And I'm like, well, I asked them, like, do you, like, I don't think this is a quality of life that she should live. And everybody agreed. So essentially we're going to pull the plug. And the next day she moved a little bit. And so, um, like, I think it was Caitlin was sitting in the room with her. And she said, Carson, she, she tried to say something. I'm like, I'm getting and, chills. I've yeah, heard this story yeah. and I'm getting chills again. It, uh, and I was like, at this time I was just kind of angry hearing that. Cause like mm -hmm. in my mind, I was like, it's done. Let's cut it. And mm -hmm. I don't want to go through, I don't want this process to go on any longer. Cause yeah. the ICU, she was probably there for a week. And then towards us about to call it mm -hmm. is when she did that kind of move. That's hard too, to see somebody you love in mm -hmm. that position yeah. for a good amount of time and then to kind of revert again. Yeah. She kind of went back and the, the story continued, so to speak. But Caitlin's like also my mom's best uh, friend, Martha, she was there pretty much like a mm -hmm. family friend. Um, 
And she was like, yeah, she, she moved, she did something. She tried to say something. And so I was like, I was just so whatever. It was probably the worst time of my life. And I was like, I don't want to hear that or whatever. Mm. But eventually I, I, I was very, not reluctant, but it was hard for me to go see her and that, but I did visit her about every day. Um, but she was, she was in the hospital. So she was in ICU for probably, I think seven, nine days, something like that. Mm. And then they moved her to just a normal room so they could free up the ICU, um, that room for someone else that quote unquote needed it. Yeah. Um, and then she started moving more. She could, she could squeeze our hand. We'd ask her like, Hey, can you squeeze our hand? She would squeeze it. That does and not happen. Like, no, it does not happen. That's and crazy. We had, I think three or four doctors come in and say the same thing that she's a vegetable because the MRI showed no brain activity. Mm -hmm. The CAT scan showed heavy bleeding in her skull. Her brain was smushed essentially. Um, but she, she moved, she's very stubborn. So it makes sense that she did, but she, uh, after that, it was kind of the same thing for, I want to say maybe 10, 15 more days, but she got slowly improved, so mm -hmm. to speak, nothing major, but small improvements to a point to where she could eventually say things to us. She could say yes, she could say no. Um, she could shake her, this was much later, she could shake her head yes, she could shake her head no. Um, she could move her, I think it was her left arm up and down, she could move her legs a little bit. Her right arm still didn't really have too much, but she could move it. Um, but the more we saw that, people came, visited her, stayed with her, and it was, uh, eventually we just, we had her on hospice at this point, or like uh, palliative care, just, you know, keep her pain yeah. free. Um, and so eventually it came to a point where we again had to ask the question, what do we do? And so we had another doctor. Cause you're saying one thing, but mm -hmm. she's another. moving a little bit. Mm -hmm. It's going on days. She's almost seems to be improving a little yeah. bit. I yeah. mean, so it was just so hard going through that process being like, God, what do I do? Do I wait? Do we try to make yeah. this work? Um, you know? And so that doctor that came in the last time she was like, you know, I've never seen this before. And that's, you know, a long time doctor. So I've never seen this ever. And uh, she's like, it's pretty incredible how this is happening. But she's like, I've never seen this before. And she's like, you know, miracles do happen. But as far as I can tell, say she makes it through it. Say you take her home. This could be her normal, mm. you know, or she could give it a year, two years, however many years she could come back. Maybe very unlikely, but maybe. And so that's another thing to wrestle with. I'm like, cause that's on my plate. That's an option. I'm like, good God, do I want to deal with this for mm. as selfish as that sounds like it? Does the family want to deal with this for another year? And so. Or even with she, you go through all that and she might be able to get to a con anyways. And this is where I was about yeah. to say it. She, uh, she could actually say yes and stuff or no and stuff. And, uh, eventually it was just me and my grandma, her mom in the room. And I said, mom, do you, do you want to try this? Do you want to keep going with this? Do you want to try and get better? Do you want to try to keep living? And she shook her head. No. And I made sure that that was a no. And I said, mm -hmm. okay, I'm going to ask you again. Do you want to keep trying? Do you want to do that? And she shook her head no again. Mm -hmm. And so that was really hard for me, uh, essentially asking my mom wanted to keep living. And she said, no. And, uh, I mean, looking back now, I see it's very much, she had her struggles. She had a lifetime of struggles. She was 54. Um, she turned 54 in the hospital. Um, but she, uh, I mean, it was her time to rest. It really was. But also I know it, how kind of God to not only give you guys a little bit more time mm -hmm. yep. just to be with her, but Absolutely. also that that decision was not on you. Yes. That yeah. she got I, to mm -hmm. make that decision mm -hmm. had to have been such a piece and a load off. It was. It really was. That and I'm was, sure she wanted, wanted that too for mm -hmm. you. You yeah. know what I mean? It was a big, I very much see that as God working through that situation. Yes. Maybe not the way I wanted it, but it was a way, yeah. a huge way, honestly, because like you said, it's it takes the 
decision off me in a sense because I wanted I, she got to a point to where she could communicate mm. with us, albeit very rudimentary, but she could communicate. Yeah. She say yes, no. Um, she she was able to say I love you a few times, and Thanks, then Dad. yeah, and then after her saying no, uh, eventually came the day where we kind of let her just it was hospice at that point, and uh, the last uh, last time I saw her, the last thing she ever said to me was I love you too. And so that's the last words I got from oh. my mom. And then the next day was um, the her breathing. It's called like uh, I think it's not a lovely title for it, but like death gurgles or something mm -hmm. like that. The breathing um, where it sounds not very good at yeah. all. But she had her friend, another best friend of hers, saying she called us like, "Hey, it's time," because yeah. she started having that. And uh, so we got there, and uh, whew, it's always hard to explore this story. But she uh, she was breathing like that and eventually after probably two hours we were in there she it was me my brother my sister her mom her best friend and caitlin i think that was it was just us in there and uh she took her last breath mm. and uh it was it was weird it was almost i very much felt felt the spirit in that room during that time it was the craziest time to see someone like that your mother, you mm -hmm. know, die in front of you, taking like slow her breathing and then take her last breath was truly crazy. And, uh, it was hard, incredibly hard. Um, I mean, we we're all bawling. It was, it was just mm. the hardest thing I've ever gone through and, yeah. uh, seeing that, but also like towards the end in such a strange way, she was looking at all of us. She hadn't opened her eyes. Yeah. She couldn't open her eyes. She, she would kind of like open a little bit, but like she probably three minutes before her last breath, she opened her eyes, looked at every single one of us. And wow. it was, it was wild. It was very just crazy. She was like looking at all of us before she passed. It was very, very cool. Mm -hmm. uh, a little freaky at the time, but still cool looking back. But yeah. uh, she looked at all of us and uh, she, she, you could tell she was a little scared going, but you know, we were, I was praying over her and she just, you know, there's a little bit of peace mm -hmm. kind of came upon her and she was it, was, it was really brave of her. I mean, it was me terrifying, you know, trying well, to get, take your last breath. You yeah. know, mm -hmm. I mean, took a lot of strength, a, for lot, her to do a lot of strength and, I just hearing the story over and over again, I can just think how kind, again, how kind of God, not only mm -hmm. for you, but also for her last moments to not be remembered of how you found her at your house. Yeah. But as a exactly. strong woman, yes, you know absolutely. what I mean? Yes. Somebody that fought and absolutely. basically was being called a miracle. Yeah. Like that, that is the legacy yeah. of Christi, Christy in that yeah, moment. Absolutely. You know what I mean? It, uh, I mean, yeah, you hit the nail on the head there. It was because it very much could have been found my mom dead with uh, like pool blood around her that yeah. could have been the last moment i ever saw my mom but instead we had that process we had the process where i get to hear i love you too mm -hmm. last words ever spoken to me by my mom mm -hmm. and i get to keep that for me the rest of my yeah, life and that's absolutely. incredible and but also at that last breath i realized like my mom like my mother's lifeless body in front of me and i'm like i'm looking at her and it's just it almost seemed like a, a husk, so to speak. It was like this: this is not us. We're so mm -hmm. much more than this. And Bible calls it in Hebrew the nephesh. It's like mm -hmm. you can call it spirit in English, but it's we're not just this. This is kind of like not necessarily our rentals, so to speak, but like this is a part of us. We are not just this mm -hmm. physical stuff. There's so much more to us than this. But like seeing that and seeing my mom's body, like it's so strange seeing. Like that was the first dead person I've seen. And it was my mother. And so seeing that in that moment, I was like, just looking at her like a stranger. I was mm. almost a stranger. And I grew up, the, the, that was my mother. You know, I grew up with her and I, I look at her and I'm like, 
that's just not that's not just her there's mm-hmm. so much more to her than that because like if it was me atheist me i would just look at that and be like that's it you know game over and uh the hope and promise of God is that she is with Christ because she chose Christ mm. and that she will come back and be remade in a remade body, restored body and, um, and a new creation where there's no more evil, where we don't have to struggle through those things again. And Amen. so that process was huge to me in my faith and being able to share that with other people is huge to me too. And, uh, it's just, it was incredible. Not something I hope people ever have to experience, but for me able to experience and share that with others is something that I, was given to you by God mm-hmm. in a very, you know, strange way, but it's so important because it's another common misconception. The promise of God in a faith and a Christianity is not that your life will be easy. Mm-hmm. It's that He says we're gonna struggle. <laughs> life is going to be hard, like yeah. we are on this temporary earth where mm-hmm. there is evil. Yeah. It's the promise of He will give you strength, He will give you peace, yeah. He will make things good. Like He can turn all things for good. Oh, yeah. It's but in order to do that, there's gonna be the hard mm-hmm. stuff. And that that is the difference. Yeah. Yeah, yep. it's the world we live in. There's still evil still exists, but with the spirit, we can conquer that evil. You know, yes. you're still you're going to fail. We're all going to fail mm-hmm. eventually. But with Christ, your failures do not have to define you. You are yep. so much more than your failures. And that's something that I also developed, too, is that just because you fail and even I still fail, you know, however often, even in small ways, big ways. But, mm-hmm. you know, to God, all sins the same. It's still, yeah. you know, it's still death. It is still taking you away from what he intended for us. And mm-hmm. with Christ, you don't have to be a product of your circumstance you no longer have to be Mm. that you can be you are so much more you know whether people know it or not there's so much more but choosing christ just kind of puts you on that path to where you fully become what you're intended to be almost fully to come because whenever he decides to call it and bring everybody home and those who choose him will be with him Mm -hmm. and make the new creation that's that's it and what that looks like is a whole other conversation that i don't think really anybody can explore an answer to Mm -mm. but it's it's going to be what i have wrestled with and landed with with that is that it will be good because god is good god is love and he will not put us in a spot where it's not good you know because like eternity can sound intimidating you know like a lot of people i used to just think of singing hymns and worship songs all the time but you know like it says there's going to be creations will be like Mm -hmm. he would reference like new cities of uh inventions innovations there's going to be it's going to be we're not going to be bored you know there's going to be crazy stuff going on and but there will be no evil. It's going to be fully love. But like our brains can't comprehend what a world without evil is like. So it's like, I don't know what it's going to look like, but yeah. I know it'll be good. And yeah. that's, that's the hope and promise that God has given us. And that mm-hmm. is something that I get to look forward to and to seeing my mom again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love it. Oh yeah. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much yeah, for sharing. Yeah, I've you. been wanting to hear your full story mm-hmm. for such a long time. Oh, yeah. You know, I kind of lived some of that, you know, next to you guys, sure, sure. but was really good and thank yeah, you for your bravery absolutely. but i'm gonna pray us out yeah dear Heavenly father lord i just thank you for this conversation i thank you for the friendships and the fact that you know you've crossed Car- carson and i's path through caitlin and that we're all friends now together lord and that we just get to sit and talk about you talk mm-hmm. about what you've done and giving you um the glory of the situations that you've turned for our good the situations that we hope that um through this conversation we've pointed back to you and said thank you god we praise you for your goodness and the way that you have shown through the darkest times of our life. Lord, I would just pray over Carson and his family and baby Caspian coming soon that you would just continue to guide them. Lord, I pray that Carson would continue to lead his family closer to you, Lord, and that you would continue to have him just grow strong in you and to grow um, in his faith, Lord, and to grow in his 
leadership skills and that he continues to seek you throughout his days. We love you, Lord, and we honor you. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Thank you. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Yes, absolutely.